So, this podcast, is it any good? Eh, they follow some shite clubs, but it's a pretty good podcast. Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Absolutely brilliant from Liverpool. And for Barcelona, chaotic, catastrophic. A sensational start. A controversial start. And it's advantage to the Reds. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast. D. Smith, welcome in. It's the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. We have very tasty news from Three Punk to deliver to you today. We're also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. D. Smith, it's a pleasure to see you. You're actually recording from the iHeart Studios. That's a little different. Yeah, inside of the iHeart Studios. Jordan, do you remember what the inside of a radio studio looks like? Do you remember or have you completely erased that from your memory banks? Men in black type style, just so you can say, I don't ever want to see what's going on inside of a radio studio again. Nightmares. Um, It looks cold. You have a jacket on all of a sudden. Is it cold inside this studio? It's like 90 degrees outside, so. You are right about that, Jordan. And I think that this is uh, also something I was just thinking about with regards to Three Punk Yells and Chula Vista. We're recording on a Thursday. It's the ninth day of September. It is warm in Southern California. I don't know how much air conditioning you have on in your house, but I... Oh, it's on. I crank the air conditioning both at the Casa and here at the workplace. So I do like wearing a, a bit of a long sleeve hoodie while I'm broadcasting in my several different radio shows that I provide for Southern California on a day in day out basis. But also what a great moment to talk about three punk ales and Chula Vista, because you know what else goes well and helps you beat the heat. Gosh, goals from three punk ales and Chula Vista available cans upcoming this weekend yes available this weekend Golsh three punk ales in chula vista they put a post out on instagram a little bit earlier uh Golsh, refreshingly tasty kolsch back on tap beer was built for soccer as we collaborated with local football fanatics unnamed soccer podcast hey that's us Pairs great with 6 a.m. kickoff times at the brewery. We agree. Cruise through. Refresh with us. You deserve it. Four packs coming this weekend. I'm just reading the post. Four packs coming this weekend. Um, that is just, that is fantastic news. That is great, great news. Uh, like we discussed last time on the podcast, we need to go ahead and make sure that we secure several four packs, including a keg to send to the loyal offices. Yes, a keg to send to the loyal offices. Uh, We also pay our... Locals get some. Our Bundesliga correspondent also works for Golsh. So we have to send some to Missoula, Montana. Mm. So we'll definitely hook up our Bundesliga correspondent. Plus, Jordan, uh, you know, I just think to beat the heat on a a hot day. uh, Also, gear coming. I just want to tease that out there. there. There might be a future that involves some some Golsh gear working in conjunction with the unnamed soccer podcast. So exciting days ahead, still plenty more to come, but can't wait to get down to La Vista and enjoy in person on site at three punk ales. Yes. Very, very excited. Great news from our good friends at three punk ales. Um, I look forward to drinking several, several Golshes very, very soon. 
Uh, there is a lot for us to discuss, Darren. World Cup qualifiers. You asked for five points. You got five points. Congratulations. Way to put that out in the atmosphere. You definitely delivered there. Um, Weston McKenney is in the news. Uh, Christian Pulisic, very much in the news. Uh, there's a couple Premier League matches I would like to point out a little bit later on in the podcast. I did not get a Bundesliga report from Tim Stoops, so... I apologize for those who tune in just for the Bundesliga report. It's probably about 80% of you uh, kind of just stick through what we say just to get to that report uh, will not be included in this, in this episode. So we do apologize to a majority of our audience for that one. Uh, loyal as well. They hit the road. We have a viewing party. Um, we know where we're going to be. We're following the locals to, <clears throat> to stone and Liberty station. We return to Liberty station. It's been, uh, it's been quite some time since we've been there and we're going to return there with the locals as San Diego will take on Oakland roots, the Bay area for the very first time. That's a lot to get to. Are you sure we have enough time in this podcast to get no. to that all? Okay. We're going to be efficient though. We're going to be quick. I like going to waste anyone's time with Tottenham jokes. <laughs> really are you sure you can resist the urge i don't know I'll, I'll believe it when i don't hear it coming up over the next 20 30 minutes or so but yes we're going to be at stone brewing and liberty station viewing party hope you can join us match day live contrary to what your calendar might tell you begins at 6 30 p.m because kickoff in oakland is at seven initially this was scheduled for 5 30 p.m i don't know what changed but Either way, neither here nor there, and probably not important. The match is at seven. It is the San Diego Loyal seeded two in the Pacific Division and Oakland Roots, the sixth seed currently. But 7 p.m. kick. Hope you can join us. We got going at 6.30. It'd be nice. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today when I was talking about doing Match Day Live from Stone. We did it there a lot. Like that was our go-to place for away matches in 2020. It'd be so nice to be able to be there with fans, like with fans in attendance, because that's not something you and I had a chance to enjoy ever. It was you. It was me. It was our former engineer. Maybe it would be a club employee or two. But other than that, we did not have a chance to be part of any viewing party anywhere, but certainly not at Stone Brewing and Liberty Station, which is a pretty important place when you think about the history of SD Loyal in terms of the kit reveal and some of the other moments that have been celebrated there. So, yeah, as often as we've been there and the scarf tree and the wonderful chicken sandwich and everything else that comes with it, it'll just be great to be there with actual supporters in the house. Yeah, and as you mentioned, it's going to kick off a little bit later than originally scheduled, the 7 o'clock kickoff. So we're on at 6.30, Laney College Football Field. That is the, unless I'm wrong on that, that's where they play, right? Laney College Football Field. They actually had to move it back because there's a concert there earlier in the day. Ariana Grande is performing at Laney College Football Field. So they had to move it back a couple hours. Um, they're going to have to clear out everyone in the seats, and then they're going to usher everyone in for Oakland Roots against San Diego Loyal. So it's going to be a very busy day in the Bay Area. Some of that is true. Some of it is not. Um, yeah, Oakland's a team that's been performing much better as of late. I'm excited just to see these two square off for the first time in the Bay Area. I know that the president of the locals, Steve, is making the trip, and I know other people are making the trip as well. So San Diego will be represented this weekend in the Bay Area, and I think that's fantastic news because, like you said, last season, our first season, we did shows from Stone in front of no one. No one was there at all. No one was allowed to be there. And now we're in a in a situation where we could actually travel to a few of these matches. And uh, I know a couple of the fans 
are taking advantage this weekend by going to Oakland. So that should be a lot of fun. They're checking in uh, Laney College football field. Maybe they're going for the concert as well. I'm not sure. Maybe. And, you know, by the way, catching Oakland at a time where they're getting a ton of results. They won four out of their last five. Uh, they've been on a pretty good run here their last seven or eight. They are going to be, if you've never seen Oakland Roots at home at Laney College, and who knows what sort of condition things will be in after Ariana Grande gets done with that place. But right. they have a very uh, unique-looking field, Jordan. I think you would agree. Uh, this might be one of the great equalizers. This is not going to be grass. This is going to be an artificial surface for the first time. SD Loyal will be playing on an artificial surface, just something that that maybe factors into the match itself. But Oakland is a uh, much more successful club, even for a sixth place club than I would have guessed they would have been at this stage of the season. So, mm -hmm. and they're on a really good run of form. So not, not an automatic banking of three points here. And the first of three more times in the remaining 10 that loyal and roots are going to face off. Yeah. I don't know if this is true either, but there's a rumor that each section of the field is from a different state there's actually 50 different sections to this field and it's represented. It's like all strategy. Um, they want to represent the entire country because they're a big brand. So they bring in oh. parts of the field from every single state. And that's the field, the quilt of America, if you will. Um, that's the field that we'll be playing on this weekend. It should be quite the site. Well, and it's not always available. Sometimes you kind of show up thinking you're going to play and then you find out you're not going to play. So that we'll see. is that is that is uh, actually been part of the Oakland Roots inaugural season here at the USL Championship level. That makes for interesting strategy because you know I wonder if the play-by-play -play guy goes, "Oh, and a shot from Vermont." Like, do the announcers know where exactly the different quilts and the different sections originated? And that's something to pay attention to coming up Saturday night. But it is—I don't know how else to describe it, Jordan. I'm colorblind, so I am quite literally handicapped and incapable of describing this pitch that loyal and roots will be playing on on Saturday night. You want to give it a rip? Um, not really. I've seen several versions of this stadium. They never, no picture looks the same to me. I see photos yeah. from those games every single week and they, it looks like a different stadium. It's amazing. You're like, well, where are they playing this week? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like, it's incredible. So, I, I mean, it's clearly big enough to host some of the biggest acts uh, around. So I don't know. They haven't confirmed the halftime show, but. Dave Matthews band has been rumored. So I'm just going to throw mm. that out there. Mm. Satellite. One of my favorite songs. There you go. There you go. So it should be fun this weekend. I know San Diego will be in the house for it. Uh, Loyal are playing well enough to expect a result on the road. And that's something that we've been kind of paying attention to as the season's gone on. Uh, the team wasn't always great on the road. Torero was, was much nicer uh, to San Diego for quite some time to Loyal and things have changed a little bit. They're starting to pick up results on the road. So that's good news. And uh, hopefully that continues this weekend against the roots. How about a quick thought on uh, what we were watching on Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. when we actually could hydrate our bodies enough? How about watching Augustine Williams, the mm -hmm. Augie Williams show, Corey Herzog with a brace coming up now as the what tied for second all time in USL championship history. Yeah, I, I will tell you, there was a time not too long ago that if some team came into Torero Stadium and scored two goals, you weren't picking up three points in that one. Loyal was not picking up three points mm -hmm. in that one. So shows you a little bit times have changed with constant addition and moving and bringing in an Augie Williams. And you asked a great question. I thought to Landon Donovan post game, 
hope everybody watched post game. We have adjusted some things for the viewing, uh, for the viewer, I should say, to enhance the viewing experience. Yeah, less of us. Yeah. <laughs> less us, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great question, which was, how does Augie Williams elevate everybody's game? And, you know, I think you can, we've seen now with Corey Herzog, what we saw over the weekend, just him bagging a brace at home. Like, you know, he's, he's going to make everybody's life, him, Douglas Martinez, they're going to make everybody's life better as a result of their, their mere presence in the squad. Yeah. I think Elijah Martin could be pointed out as well. He had that cross into the box that was put away by Williams. Elijah came over and gave us a high five to celebrate. He was fired up in that moment. Um, that, that setup isn't always put home this season. And it was put home in that moment by Augie. And I have a feeling that that is something that we'll see going forward when that opportunity is, is set up. He, he tends to put them away and that's really good news. So uh, it, it, he does, he elevates a lot of people. He elevates Ibarra. He elevates Elijah Martin. He has elevated Herzog. Um, and the list goes on. We haven't even seen him play out there with Jack Blake. Oh, oh my goodness. Imagine that. I mean, hopefully not too much longer for Jack Blake, but you know, I, I mean, not to get all super dorky on, uh, statistics and such, but like we know loyal, one of the better clubs, in the USL in terms of keeping possession, what are the better teams passing statistics, passing accuracy, they dominate all that sort of stuff, but where have they been very league average mediocre was in the attacking third, putting the ball in the net, taking shots. Well, you know, now you got guys like Augie Williams who are going to take shots. Douglas Martinez, maybe not the best debut. He's not afraid. He's going to take shots. Who's one of the best players in USL history at cleaning up some of those shots, Corey Herzog. So when you think about how this all meshes, how this all gels together, you know, this feels like a real winning combination for as long as it lasts. And these are players on loan from MLS clubs. So there's never any guarantee, right? We learned that last year with Miguel Berry. You hear from time to time, whether these are season long loans or what the uh, actual situation is, not information that we're ever totally privy to. But uh, I like the construction, especially now when you get a Jack Blake back, when you get a Colin Martin back, when you're starting to see players who have been out injured, when you're seeing them return, like, you know, this, this feels like as good a combination, Jordan. I mean, it's actually quite reminiscent of where we were last year with Miguel Berry and Rubio Rubin and Alejandro Guido. Uh, Yeah, that's a good comparison. I like that one. Um, I'm looking at the overall top rated players for San Diego in that match against LA. Corey Herzog, your top-rated player. Right behind him, Augie Williams. Behind him, Colin Martin, who made his return. Yeah, so the team is playing really well, and they should continue to get better because there's going to be more talent being added um, just by coming back from injury. So Jack Blake, obviously just one of them, but you can run off that list of names. Um, It's almost a playoff team that is currently unavailable for San Diego. So we're down to 10, 10 to go. This is it. You got to have a good run. Now you have to have a good September. You have to have a good October as well. Um, especially if you're going to be hosting a playoff game, which you know is a goal for this club. They want to be hosting when it comes to playoff time. So in order for that to happen, they have to have a good month this month and a good one next month. And they have 10 to go and it will start this weekend. 10 to go, 10 to go uh, again, four more from Torero stadium. Uh, a couple of Sunday games, a Saturday night match thrown in there as well. So hope you can make it out if you haven't already, but uh, we are hitting, hitting our stride, Jordan. 
Uh, no doubt about that. All right, so let's go to U.S. Men's National Team. Last time we did the podcast, Darren, you said five points, five points. I think you said U.S., five points, like 30 times. You put it in the atmosphere. You made sure we got five points. I said I would not be disappointed. I said it was not a best-case scenario if you get five points, but it's also not worst-case scenario. We have seen worse starts, um, and we all know what happened last time around. So five points after three. I know uh, it was dramatic. I feel drained after the opening three. We still have plenty to go. Um but there it is, five points through three, and they're actually in a spot right now where they would qualify for the World Cup if it was all done. We know it's not. We know it's not, but that's where they stand right now. Yeah, only only 11 more to go, right? I mean, yeah, only, only four more windows. I mean, we saw everything just from a U.S. men's national team perspective. We saw uh, COVID. We saw injury. We saw disciplinary uh, situations with Weston McKenney. How did you enjoy the all the Chipotle commercials with Weston McKenney? If you were watching that one between the U.S. and Honduras, we saw um, bumpy pitches. We saw hostile environments, fireworks being shot off during national anthems, uh, riot police in corners. Right, like you know, we got a little taste of everything here. I think this is a big wake up call for some of these players. I think Tyler Adams would would be somebody to 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 discuss in that sense and that Tyler Adams is like oh, our goal is nine points out of nine what are you talking about we're going to El Salvador we're playing home against Canada we're going to Honduras you know El Salvador Honduras these aren't expected to be you know two of the tougher tests for us Tyler Adams he can even admit it afterwards like I this this was a little bit more difficult than we had anticipated you know so some of these guys who just hadn't been it through before and some of these guys also, you know, three rounds of uh, three games in, in one window. You know, I'm, I'm not sure they were exactly prepared for everything that CONCACAF qualifying had to offer. But it was interesting just to see from the start, again, like a wonderful player like Tyler Adams say, oh, yeah, we talk about it, nine out of nine. And then afterwards, he's like, man, we got five out of nine. Like, OK, let us go take a deep breath and we'll see you all in October. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I- I feel like people kind of react to what happened through those three matches so differently. I don't know if anyone has the exact same opinion. I don't know if the order of results really impacted people's opinion. The fact that we started draw, draw, and then really needed the win in that final one. Uh, Had we started with a win and then gone draw, draw, is there as much angst? Is there as much anxiety? Do we have, I mean, we're still going to be dealing with the Weston McKinney news. Um, Pulisic, I mean, he bangs up his ankle. That's not great. Um, so you're still going to deal with certain other things, but I wonder if just the order had any impact. Um, I'm not that far down on them. I, I, I know five points isn't great and everyone wanted more at El Salvador and you want a full result against Canada. But like we've been saying, like those are very tough matches. So I think we kind of just knew that at least I, when you see Canada, that's not an automatic three points. And I know we didn't treat it as such on the podcast at El Salvador. Clearly we didn't treat it as an easy three points. Um, it was really interesting because the order of events also had you down a goal against Honduras in that final match when you really needed the win. So then things really cranked up a couple extra notches and then you released in the second half. I, I don't know. It's not, it's not worst case scenario. We're still third. It's still very early. Um, I expect Weston McKenney to be back with the team 
And if he goes out there and he is a positive impact and he helps us qualify for the world cup, guess what? We're all going to forgive him for what happened. We're going to forget about that rather quickly. I think so. If he can come back and be a positive uh, player and have a good impact for the squad, then he'll be able to, uh, people will forget what happened. I think pretty quickly, if not, if he comes back and he, something like that happens again, or if he's just bad, um, then I, I, it's going to be tough coming back from this moment, but I don't think West McKinney and like us soccer is just like a done deal or anything like that. Chipotle for everybody in Austin on October 7th. Yeah. I, you <laughs> I know, didn't expect to see Weston more in Chipotle commercials than on the field during this session. Right. I mean, the second half against Honduras has probably been a proper deodorant for everything that we saw through the first two and a half games, right? Because at halftime, you probably were of the opinion that this is a disaster, you know, that, that going draw, draw and, and not just draw, draw, but, you know, scoreless and then one, one at home against Canada. So only conceding one good, only scoring one kind of bad given all these players, this is the golden generation of us soccer. We've got more players playing in the champions league than ever before. So, you know, at halftime, like that was pretty rough. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I felt pretty shitty about the U S men's national team against Honduras and you know, plenty of people who have watched CONCACAF world cup qualifying are quick to remind you, you know, these are not as easy as, as they're ever made out to be certainly not when you see the scheduling of it. I mean, even having a conversation with our, our mutual friend, Eric Gomez this morning, he was talking a lot about that, you know, about, Hey, like Mexico, you know, Mexico had a, a draw themselves against Panama. These are difficult places to play, but I'm telling you at halftime, I was like, get Burholder out of here. This is not working. This, you know, this is a team that doesn't have discipline. It doesn't have ideas. Christian Pulisic said as much after Canada, like, Hey, we don't have any ideas. Your star player who was there, who was on the field in Cuba, he is pointing that out. Like I didn't think, I thought that was pretty ominous for Greg Berhalter, especially if that had continued. Now these are all ifs and all that sort of stuff, but all of it came back. Like all of that came back and you know, you sort of, you know, you sort of get a little bit dismissive of, of this, hold on, hold on. It's only three out of 14 matches. Calm down. That's what everybody said in 2017. And we didn't qualify. So, you know, I wanted to see a little bit more urgency. I don't want these guys nervous. I don't want them on edge. I don't want them making a bunch of mistakes, but I want to feel like, like there's urgency here, especially given that this team didn't qualify for the world cup in 2017 and not doing so again would be just an unmitigated fucking disaster. Yeah. I felt it. I felt the urgency. I think they felt the urgency. Clint Dempsey was on at the halftime show saying he would go give you 15 minutes and he was dead fucking serious. He was ready to go fly down there and play. Like that was a wild, wild moment. That halftime show. I don't know if you actually like watched it. It was intense. That was a very interesting moment in us soccer. And if we, whether we qualify or don't like, you're going to go back and think about that halftime show. We were joking during it. Like when's Roy Kent going to show up? Cause you wanted someone just to kind of lay the fucking hammer down. And you didn't know if these guys would in that moment. I thought they did. I thought they delivered a fantastic halftime show. They were not happy. And there was, there was urgency from that booth, at least. Yeah. I mean, I love Dempsey's line too. He's like, Hey, I'll go down there right now. Give you 15 minutes. I know this, at least I'd empty the clip. I'll take a bunch of shots, you know, which is what he's saying. Hey, look, I, and, and it was Dempsey and Gooch and Charlie on the halftime. Um, Winalda and uh, Stuart Holden 
and uh, Alexi Lalas were, were um, on Twitter Spaces talking about how like how rotten they felt at the halftime, how worried they were. Uh, when Alda said he was really worried about Pulisic's health because he was just taking such a beating, not like in a like in a dirty way, but he was just putting himself in the middle of this all, you know, in a physical match. Like, I God, Pulisic, I thought was was just so brave the way he played. Like, I thought it was so inspirational. And if those teammates couldn't see that that guy and what he was willing to lay out there on the field, then they never will. But yeah, like at half, I was like, I was thinking, like, who are we going to get to replace Greg Berhalter? <laughs> you know, you start thinking like they're going to be you know they're going to be Bob Bradley like who is it going to be you know and and thankfully and I get you know I think he deserves credit because it was his substitutions that made the difference in the second half that completely change how it is that we view this window for the US men's national team given that they do have the five points now before they reconvene back in October it was just such a shit show at that halftime moment. Thank God that second half happened because in that moment you have Clint Dempsey telling you you're going to play. You have Weston McKinney eating Chipotle every time you go to commercial break. He's already been sent off the team. It was a low, low moment. We oh. needed that second half. And it gives you some, it gives you some life. It gives Greg Berhalter some life. There's no doubt about that. I think if Christian, not if Christian Pulisic said what he said, and if, the U.S. had gone out there and just gotten blown out by Honduras, lose 3-4-0 for whatever reason, then you really have to think about making a change. Even though you yeah. don't want to, if you're the Federation, like that's the last thing you really want to do at this point. But if you have Pulisic saying the things you're saying, and then you close out that window with two points getting blown out at Honduras, then you have major issues. That second half changes everything. It changes yep. everything. And, and give the manager credit, right? I mean, I know this is one where you can say, well, how did the manager get it so wrong? How were, how, how were they so inept? Uh, how are they so disjointed in a, in a match of this magnitude where you feel it might be slipping away as early as it is in qualifying? How could you, how could you have that in the first half by bringing on a triple change, uh, deciding, hey, this isn't working with Josh Sargent. Let's let him get out of there. Let's bring in Anthony Robinson, you know, let's bring in uh, Aronson and, and, you know, let's see what we have with Ricardo Pepe, who is amazing. What a story he is now mm -hmm. an 18 year old out of the FC Dallas system. Somebody who just declared to play for the U S men's national team, just a couple of weeks ago, debuting with a goal, an assist factoring into one of the other goals as well. Like an absolute, absolute lifesaver. He was life Yep, I mean, it, absolutely right. And maybe a star is born there with Ricardo Pepe. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully. We need we need some help. Uh, next three, Jamaica, Panama, Costa Rica. Two of the three are at home. You visit Panama. You're hosting Jamaica, who has a point through three. You better get all three there, or, man, that second cycle through is going to be brutal. It's going to go right back to how it was there in session one. But uh, at Panama, Costa Rica after that, you don't get Mexico until November, so... And also, plenty to go. A, plenty to go. Uh, shout for uh, SD Loyal minority owner uh, DeAndre Yedlin with an absolute dime on that peppy header. I mean, talk about putting it in the perfect spot in the 75th minute there. That's the other part about it, too. You know, as much as we get excited about these young players, a lot of it also is like who's had the experience of knowing what it's like and playing in Honduras under those conditions with the heat, with the humidity. You know, so it's nice that you have this, this mix of you know, younger players, younger, exciting guys. But, like, that was such an interesting moment with Yedlin. Perfect cross there to Pepe, who had an amazing header. He's, like, outside of the six-yard box in that moment. 
and just snaps the neck and fires that one home. And then Sebastian Leggett at the end of it, ensuring that we pick up an extra goal when it comes to goal differential, maybe that comes into play. That second half, man, like, poof, put it on a loop and just play for the next month. So we finished through that cycle. Mexico on top, seven points. Canada with five, U.S. with five, Panama with five as well. And then there's a gap. Costa Rica, Honduras, El Salvador, and then Jamaica by themselves with a single point through the three. So that's how we start. Um, we're going to have a lot of changes as we go forward. Still plenty of matches to go. Top three qualify for the World Cup. Fourth place will be in a playoff for the World Cup. All right, that's good. I think we got to everything there. I got some good Premier League matches for you to pay attention to this weekend. Did you, you hear them? Uh, one last thing before we move on. Did you enjoy the uh, the return of the Vuvuzela? Yes, I did. I, it's the first thing I, I texted Darren. Like, it sounds like a Concacaf match. Again. Yeah, I, love I kept. It. I like that. I like that audio. Like it's like you said. It it just you know it has a it has like a very unique sound where you know exactly you know you, you sort of sense the magnitude of the match. Mm-hmm. You can turn that on, close your eyes. You're listening to it, and you're like, "Oh, Concacaf." Yeah. Often exactly right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's what I think of at least, but it's because you go through the CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. That's why I think of it. Uh, Premier League this weekend, CR7 returns to Old Trafford. They're taking on Newcastle. Underpants. NBC, very, very excited for this news. We're going to get, you thought we saw a lot of Polisic Chelsea stuff? Wait, just wait till you see what you have in store for. CR seven and Manchester United. This is going to, it's going to go up a few levels. Um, they were really, I'm sure hoping, I don't know why I'm taking this angle, but that's what I'm thinking of. Like NBC desperately wanted Messi to come to the league because they have the rights to the premier league. They want to showcase Messi. It'd be great for ratings. So I'm sure they felt like, Oh, Oh, he's going to Paris. That doesn't help us. They get CR seven. So I think they're going to be very excited. I'm sure they have plenty Plenty in store for Ronaldo's return to Old Trafford. They take on Newcastle. You get the early one this weekend, Darren. Palace, Tottenham, 4.30. 4.30, I'll see you at the heart. Yeah, um, probably not going to make it, but I will put the uh, the DVR or whatever it is. I don't know. Can you go back and watch these things on Peacock after the fact? I think so, yeah. They archive that stuff. Actually, that'll be on NBC, won't it, at 4.30? No. That won't be on regular NBC. They don't, they don't put the four thirty games on. I never got like, up for a four thirty game. They're not going to put it on the big peacock. <laughs> the big like, like actual like NBC. Seven. Right. Yeah. No, but like yeah. NBC sports, maybe. Okay. Well then maybe. All right. Maybe. So you're kind of into that one. Arsenal uh, take it on Norwich. We'll see if Arsenal can pick up any points this year. I'm into a uh, Leicester and man city at seven o'clock. Probably will have much more interest in that than I will in underpants return. I did like his very self-absorbed video of him walking through the tunnel and looking out an old Trafford and saying, you know, here I am me and my waxed eyebrows have returned. Right. I know old Trafford has never been the same since he left. Do you get the sense that this is actually like a real addition? Like, wow, he's going to help us win a Premier League title, or he's going to help us on the business side. Oh, I'm still fully convinced Manchester City are running away with the title. But I think this move definitely, I think it helps United. I think it's, they didn't spend a ton on him. I'm sure his weekly salary, it's United. They have plenty of money. Why do I care about their money? Um, (laughs) You know, like, I I don't think it's a bad deal. I think he's going to, he's going to score for him. 
He's probably going to make sure he's going to cement the fact that they're a top four team. Probably didn't need him to cement that, but it gives you another reason to believe that they're going to be in Champions League once again. Are they going to go win Champions League because of Ronaldo? Maybe. Maybe. There's a lot of them. You know, I do think he was ever seriously on his and thinking about City. I don't know. I'm glad he went to United. I, him at City would have just been, I don't know. I'm glad he went to United if he was going to go back to Manchester. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, it, you know, it's, it's the right place for him to return here at this stage of his career where it's just about over. Right. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Do you think he's... Are you saying his tank is empty? Is that I'm picking up those vibes from you? I mean, it's the sunset of his career. I, I don't, you know, There's no I, doubt. I uh, but I, even LeBron got a title with the Lakers in the sunset of his career, so maybe it happens. LeBron what still plays. What if Underpants wins United a fucking Premier League this year? He could score the winning goal against City. When did they play? Well, then it was did they play the final the match of the year. Uh, That'd be great. Then it was the best 17 million euros they've ever spent in the transfer market. Mm-hmm. Which is 17 million more than PSG's paid for Messi. That is um, and Sergio Ramos. Did Ramos come for free too? Yes. What a window. So did uh, Wijnaldum, right? Yeah, I think they have. Yeah, that's the image that gets passed around all the time. Just the free transfers. When do, uh, when do City and United play each other next? Let's look that up. That's what I want. But then anyway, but, as I look that up, that's that's what's going on in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, but my only question is, like, I don't ever feel like, oh, like he was on his way to go to City, and then at the last minute something happened and fate intervened. Like, they left City at the altar and ha-ha, look at City, they look stupid. I don't think he was ever really going there. No, and who was the player that said that Ronaldo had told him, oh, I'm going to Manchester, and he told him like that a month ago or something? Right. Yeah. Right. Happened all along. I would imagine that means United because city was, they must've been focused on other players at that point, not Ronaldo. They're focused on Harry Kane. I mean, they got Grealish for a hundred million. So I, I think they were like, okay, like if you're calling us, we'll answer the phone, but I don't know. Here we go. November six United host city. Nice. Damn. What a month November is for Manchester United. They have two Champions League matches. They play Man City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. <laughs> it's a good thing they signed underpants. They're going to need them. Underpants. Speaking yeah. of, we both have um, Champions League matches by the time we record next, next Tuesday. Yeah, some of Chelsea players are going to be available. Thiago Silva, not one of them, not allowed to play. Who do you guys have? You're in your home? Well, I'm just saying Thiago because of the whole Brazil-Argentina. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what a weird scene. Barca's got Bayern Munich. That doesn't bring back bad memories at all. <laughs> Which side will Philip Coutinho play for? I who knows? <laughs> uh, Zenit, Zenit, uh, Saint Petersburg. Uh, your Tuesday: Barca, Bayern Munich, Sevilla, Salzburg, Young Boys United, Chelsea, Zenit. As you said, Dinamo Kiev, Benfica, Lille, and Wolfsburg. When we get Juventus after that. Oh, yeah. Without underpants. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty good slate. Yeah, we never talked about the Champions League draw. We'll do that on another podcast. Okay. We have time. I like it. Okay. Good pod. Liverpool man. It wasn't Milan. you roaming around the offices of San Diego Loyal, but I still think it was a good pod. Yeah, that was solid. By the way, 
no uh, green uh, gargoyle keeper kits, huh? No, I thought you were there to secure them. You were there in person. I, I was given um, verbal assurance oh. that two green keeper kits, one small, one medium, one large, were ticketed for the Unnamed Soccer Podcast slash Match Day Live. Hmm. You know what I feel coming? The old bait and switch. I think we're going <laughs> to we're gonna get some koozies instead. They're going to give us green koozies. You think? Now, do you think perhaps we, uh, if we were to 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 procure them could we wear them on match day live on saturday like the two dorks who work for the las vegas lights who always wear the matching outfits is that in their contracts <laughs> it must be i mean what, are, what else good. Is- like i enjoy their broadcast i think I, I i do enjoy listening to them but every time i see a picture of them it's they're wearing the same outfit it's, we yeah, don't do that broadcast. we don't do that on match day live <laughs> Like you kind of look dorky when you're wearing matching outfits, but I'm willing to look dorky. Be nice to our USL counterparts. <laughs> oh, well, I'm joking, dude. We we said Las Vegas Lights were the ones that started the coronavirus last March. <laughs> right. What one of us actually mocked the passing of one of their llamas? Yeah, Darren, you're a real asshole sometimes. <laughs> anyway. More. Willing to look like dorks on Saturday night if, if we end up with two green keeper kits. That's what we're saying. Right. Yeah. I look forward to our koozies this weekend. Darren, I will see you at Stone. Go by Golsh. <laughs>